0: Solar energy cell, and would it be possible to manufacture one, say, uh, small enough in concept to furnish power for the average size six or seven room house? And is it possible? The present solar cell is very inefficient, and very expensive. Yeah, well, that's what I figure. I mean, would it be possible for a layman to ma- to buy yeah. one, or I mean, not to buy one, but you to want manufacture you one, want to build to make one a lot for himself? No, just it. for your own reason. Yeah. The reason I ask this is somebody just built one, and FP&L's got him in court because he's taking electricity or income away from them. Yeah. He manufactured something on his own principle, but he's having a problem with storing the energy. Oh, there usually is that problem. <coughs> uh, <coughs> <coughs> okay. Okay. You, know, you? Uh, have to uh, watch this if you want to get the solar cell bit. bit. Uh, I've explained this different times. These are like crystals of salt, okay? Selenium. They are packed against one another, okay? Now, if you take ordinary salt in your hand, turn out the lights in the room, and sit in the dark room for a period of, uh, like, 20 minutes until your pupils accommodate, and then move the salt, crush it, it can't be damp, you will see electroluminescence. Now, if you unpeel Band-Aid or adhesive tape in the dark, your eyes have to get it, you will see a blue light coming out of it as you peel it off. Now, electricity is generated whenever you break something, hit something, warm something up, cool it. All electricity is generated by chemical reaction, impact, tearing, heating water, any action pattern at all, except a static pattern, okay? Now, these photoelectric cells work like this, There's a bunch of crystals packed together. The sun hits it, and they expand, and when you turn the light up, they return back to size, rubbing each other, generating the light or electricity. Is that clear? That's how all photoluminescence works. That way in general. Now, the whole idea that man gets stuck with some years ago somebody made a selenium cell and the sun hit it and it generated electricity. And they've been on that for years, the real direction they, they don't haven't gone in yet there's cosmic rays coming from the sun constantly. And they had a real and they've never forgotten this goddamn stinking crystal structure, and gotten into a compressed chamber where you compress other material that'll generate much more than a photoelectric cell. You Everybody know, doesn't know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. Don't figure on light energy hitting any substance generated electricity. Yeah. Somebody once did that, and from here on out they've been doing that all along. But there are other materials you'd have to hunt for What do you mean by the compressed chamber? Oh. In order for the cosmic rays to affect the new material. You have to put it under tremendous pressure so the friction would be increased you think you know what i mean cosmic rays will go through salt crystals without moving them at all because they're too loose i'm talking about uh, zinc sulfide but i'm talking about selenium now do you know what i mean if you compress the selenium radio waves make you may be able to build a big mesh uh, near a radio transmitter of a material under pressure that will convert those radio waves back into electrical energy if you want to do that which would screen a lot of people from getting music and program. do you think you know what i mean don't think of selenium only there are million transgressors going through this area right now gamma rays cosmic rays low level uh, atomic radiation and no one has built many filters to convert that to current band i'm trying to answer you in a double in a double way okay um does that answer yeah now what do you want to talk about you want to talk about human behavior or yes anything
1: human,
0: human behavior yeah right. what aspect of it like what do you want to know about man or people what kind of thing you know you don't i don't think you want me to talk about how people sing you want me. you want me to talk about some particular aspect of human behavior where you have a problem trying to figure out human beings even God has a problem with that. He's never been successful <laughs> ever since he created me. He said, was a lousy job he ever did." But well, we'll get back into that. What do you want to know about human behavior? Yes. I was I was thinking uh, about the concept of corruption, whether or not it's even invalid, even valid, uh, you know, realistically. No, it's not. it's not. There's no such thing as corrupt behavior. There's behavior that you do not approve of. Let me give you a description of that. There are no thieves and there's no good people and no bad people if you were born in a land where everybody walks around nude and you bring a baptist minister to that land he says they're living in sin <laughs> that's his own corrupt mind as he sees it you understand that i'm not very good now if you live in a land that's abundant lots of fruit and everything growing there and you're eating a lot of stuff and he comes from a property land where everybody owns their acreage 28th, he's got an apple, uh, what you say. he's got an orange uh, grove, and he sees anybody eating things, he says, who owns this property in the south seas? And the natives say, "What do you by own? You understand what I mean? Like when you got to heaven, and you said to God, you know, how much is that throne worth? Where do you keep your value? He says, and as long as I wanted to sit in a high place in heaven, how much would it cost? is not a price system. So the values that normal people have in a different environment generates confusion. Now, like I said, when people walk around naked, they're not immoral. When animals screw out in the open, the field, the farm, the cow doesn't pull up a screen. He doesn't put up a, a light gossamer thing and call the, uh, and, and the bull get together there. When animals fornicate or have sex relations or a screw, they don't build a wall. They do it. No, they don't care if there's a thousand people sitting there watching a tennis match. They don't say, but job." You know, nothing. Like it's only humans that do that. Now, you know, like if you, if you sneeze in public, you, you know, you say, "Excuse me." But if you misjudge somebody, you don't say, "Excuse me."
1: The people are always corrupt.
0: They are always corrupt. The most honorable person probably has the maximum corruption. Was anyone that thinks that they're honorable or corrupt? There's no one who's so smart and so wise as to know they're utterly free of corruption. If you don't understand that, I'll elaborate. For example, the word corruption came about this way. There was once a very important man, a king, sitting on a throne, and somebody stole one of the rubies off his throne. he never thought about it before. And when the ruby was missing, he was shocked and disappointed because apparently he placed a value on it. And then he invented a word called corruption. Anybody that takes anything that belongs to me is corrupt. But when he says, seize him, and the king would seize this man. I mean, let me tell you something. You own a hundred thousand dollar yacht and you bring in a hundred dollars worth of opium or drugs into this country, they seize your yacht. That's already paid for, and that's yours. The opium is a corruption. You know what I mean? The government seizes it, did you know? They take your yacht. Well if you've got a two million dollar airplane and you're buying some dope in from Mexico. They don't take the dope. They take your plane, auction it off. But that's called the law. The law is always corrupt. If you want to open a liquor store, before you sell that first bottle of liquor, you've got to pay county taxes, city taxes, you haven't even done anything yet. know, all these guys with their hands up. And if you don't put it in their hand, they say, you broke the law. Seize her, see? And they seize your liquor store. So the whole idea, some poor innocent bastard goes off into the woods, because he can't afford to buy alcohol and he makes his own. He builds his own still and he squeezes his own grapes. He doesn't take anything from anybody. Then the law comes in and says, You making your own alcohol. Bah, 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 bah. I don't understand that at all. The word freedom is utterly full of shit. Freedom means tyranny. The word freedom has no meaning at all. It could not have existed in a free country. If you were completely free, say you had to take a leap and you took a leap behind the bushes and the cops said, Look, we're building a gadget where you can piss into it, and you won't contaminate anything. Why don't you wait till it's finished? The guy says, because you don't have a place, you don't have a convenient restroom. You go to Miami Beach, in the early days, they didn't have restrooms on the beach. And you went into a public park, they didn't have restrooms. It was alright for a kid to piss or shit in the grass, but not a, not an adult. Now, you can go downtown Miami. If you get the seven GIs, I meaning you think a shit real bad, there's hardly any place you can go. Did you know that? Now, you can't stop. You go into a restaurant, but if you're broke, and a good person they won't let him with you in you know, the you've got torn pants and a hippie tight and they won't let you and uh, so the whole idea of corruption comes about by this king he sets the scale he sets the values all right now when you move in and chase the indians off the land and you take the land away from the indians in america and the indians say, corruption, corruption. and the indians hunger humonga you say get on that and you take his land away from it. you drive him up into the mountains And you stake your claim. That is, you stake your claim with guns. Get off of my land. And after you've taken, stolen all the land you could, you could handle, you permit other people to come into the area and take it. They all have a little land there. And you run for political office. If you have a lot of land, you uphold the land conquest law. But he who got there first and took the land, you know the story? Get off of my land. You know that story? The guy said, what, your land? Where'd you get it from? He said, My pa? He said, where'd he get it from? His paw. Where'd he get it from? He says, he fought Indians for it. Well, I'm going to fight you for it. you understand what that means? The whole idea of your land doesn't yeah, make okay. sense because there's land all over the world and these gigantic nations, all of them are thieves, including the United States, Russia, China, England. They come over and they invade some land. They take little islands. They call, you know, ter- Portuguese territories and Dutch East Indies, and you have the areas in the south pacific operated by the dutch and the french they just landed there and took over the natives couldn't fight back so i think mark twain he has said this that there's not an inch of land or an acre of land anywhere in the world that belongs to its rightful owner because it's always taken away if we lost the war with germany possibly the bahamas and other countries and really, so we got the land by force and violence and everybody gets land that way so when you believe in the law you believe in the law of your land if you live in Nazi Germany a good citizen is one who follows the Nazi teachings, right? so, if you go to a Baptist church the man says uh, you're living in sin if you go to a Unitarian church they say, hmm, you're making out, all right." (laughs) in other words, the whole value of sin is nonsense, because God as I understand God would never hang a pecker on a guy and say don't use it the pecker would pop out the minute you got married when you put the ring on the building and the priest said do you say so, I do then bingo you become sexually aware but God wouldn't give you sexual feelings and then suddenly <laughs> you not to use it okay? and God does. you don't understand that you know God doesn't do things like that he's not that kind of guy or girl or thing or if okay if you understand that kind of God now God doesn't make people and then say behave yourself because people say to God what do you mean by behave he says, don't you know? I said, uh-uh. So he calls Moses up on the hilltop, and he says, Moses, you give them this piece of stone here with the bullshit on it that they're supposed to follow. Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> and he chisels it out. what was that? And he chisels it out. Then he says, what else were we not supposed to do? Well, help, greed, envy, all the bullshit. Don't kill, don't steal. Try not to take your brother's wife away from him all the bullshit that man has been doing all through ever since time began he's been doing those things now there's no way you can raise a human being to a set of standards if you raise a child to this set of standards that this is a pretty woman and that this woman here is a funny looking woman if you do that and he marries this type of woman his brother marries that type of woman he's going to lust after her if the boys get hold of a boy and they say this is a good pair of tits and this is a bad parent. If he <laughs> likes the girl that has this set of tits, he's always going to want the girl that has that set of tits. Because that's the way he's brought up. Now, the guy marries a girl for the first time in a church and you know, all because She's a wonderful girl. You know, she's a virgin. Then he gets her in the bedroom. She takes her clothing away. She's got lots of hair all over her body. More than the guy. He's not got a bad deal. <laughs> so he goes around ending girls that don't. So the world conditions one to sin. Sin means to lust after your brother's wife. And then the church says, you mustn't do that. But the church doesn't raise people any differently. They say, now isn't that a pretty little girl? Well, if there are two sisters come into the church, one looks like that and the other looks like that. The minister, you know, he doesn't say, look, they're both wonderful children, put them on his lap. He says, now isn't she the doll? The minute he does that, he's as full of shit as a Christmas turkey. And Jesus and the whole slew of them are all utterly corrupt. There never has been a religious man around. There's a religious man, one of them, who was around a short time when he crucified him, when he chased the money changers out of the temple. Now they run the whole show. The banks, the military, all the corruption is right up on top. And the minister has dinner with the wealthiest people. He always catered to them when they come to church. He ought to go out and put his arms around every bum and beggar and hippie or whatever you've got. Because Jesus only associated with bums, beggars, prostitutes, fishermen, he never went out with a respectable people, because he thought they were bums. Once a respectable man came to him and says, How can I enter the kingdom of heaven? He says, Give your money to the poor. He says, Well, well," I said, let me thank God. He made for them, he never came back. Now, the whole idea of, of religion is a nonsensical structure. It's nonsensical in this this in this way that you don't teach children about beauty, about form, about shape, and then tell them to go out and be brotherly. You know, if, if, if people could be brought up to be brotherly without a definition. Well, let me tell you what I mean. Suppose my mother looked like this. 8,000 wrinkles per inch. <laughs> and shiny as a billiard baller. Only hair growing out here and nine warts going on. I'm a baby now. I'm going to kiss her and hug her. I'm not going to know about those things unless you come over and say, is that your mother? You do that. You make people corrupt by holding a person up and saying, this is beauty. This is funny. She's got hair on her knees. She's got hair on her teeth. She's got hair on her elbow. You do that with your movies and your books and say, you look like a fine young boy. Now, a fine young boy, does he look like that? Does he look like that? Now, if a fine young boy looks like that according to your standards, and he applies for a job, he says, you don't like the kind of man I want in my organization. Now, this man may be as clean as a whistle. Uncorruptible. But he comes into my office and they say, well, sure, fill out the application, I'll let you know. And you wonder why everybody looks like that turns into a gangster. Because you drive them that way. And God said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Judge not, lest you be judged. And all our lives, we go around making judgments. That's why your churches are not worth a shit, whether they're Eastern, Western. There's not a church that's clean. There's not a minister that's clean. If you don't understand that, start questioning. All right, now we'll move on and get into it. Hey, what about a
2: religion that thinks that to want uh, everything that's good for yourself is... Uh,
0: really well there's a group called the thalamites they worship Satan, and they believe that whatever you feel you want to do to do is now will shall be the whole of the law this is their uh, their bible if you feel like farting or belching or screwing you do it bingo and there's no problem except society of kenya now the thalamites live off by themselves and they believe here's what they really believe while of you say do you worship satan they said, well, no, if you really want to know what we believe, you have to come to our meetings. And this is what they believe. They believe that Lucifer was God and that Satan is the man you call Lucifer. And when he wanted to take the throne away from God, he succeeded. And the, the earth and the church and everything is run by Lucifer. That's why there's so much corruption and war and jealousy and hatred that Lucifer runs the world. That God was cast out. And and God says that love, all men must love one another. And must love one another in the sense of never living in a style that's better than another person. That is sharing, brother, doing others, you have others doing you. That means exactly that. Not not 10% or 20% or 5%. All right, now they say that Lucifer is God and that, that the Christians are worshiping the wrong guy. And God would never say, don't screw, don't do this, don't do that. He would he would permit you to grow rapidly in whatever area you can grow in so the kind of base corruption that exists in the world exists because we are brought up to think we are brought up those of you that were here and those of you that weren't here remember that when you went to school they said that was an old witch but the school gave him pictures and said uh, that this man as i remember it, i got to go heavy on this this was the ogre see the giant I don't know if you remember, they were very vicious looking people with warts on their nose and, and the books, our school books, never showed uh, uh, clean cut people that were corrupt. The prince charming, the princess with beautiful golden hair, was always a wonderful person. And the ogre always looked like that. So people became prejudiced. They became sick. Because if a minister got out and looked like that, he said, I'm not going to that church. Even if he spoke to a word, even if he said, by the way, I am the Lord,
1: <laughs> they would get angry
0: and throw tomatoes at him. So I would assume that if there was a God and he was stupid, not not as stupid as the Christians make him, he would come like this and be a wonderful person. And people would say, you know, well, why don't you go around the back way and I'll give you a sandwich. That kind of shit. So the church, is so utterly corrupt that people that go to church comb their hair, they wear a clean shirt and all that, but they're filthy on inside. utterly filthy so the real good people are generally their hair is wild they don't shave and they're real now that's hard to detect it's hard to get used to so we equate quality of a person with the external appearance if i wear a 250 suit i'd be invited more places than you would do you understand especially if i used ipad a toothpaste <laughs> so, so the whole idea is your society is unworthy if god came to the earth and looked at it he said jesus
1: christ you know, man, that
0: place, you know, it's a place that he wouldn't even want to get anybody on the earth today with that optimal value system top value system doesn't even rate the ground floor elevator on the way to heaven I mean, there's not a human being that can get into that kind of system because they don't fit the patterns the patterns are essentially be like him jesus didn't say try to do your best he just told him that that there was a job to be done that if you're a christian you can't be three percent christian go around fucking the world on the outside have a loan company lend money to people operate in the profit system and be forty percent christian or eight percent christian all these christians are phony that's what i'm trying to tell you but you can't say, I believe in God, and put money in the bank. If you do that, it means you're insecure. You don't trust in God. So most Christians I know have auto insurance, fire insurance, accident insurance, <laughs> hospital insurance. They sign contracts with one another. You know? But if you're a real Christian, he says, I'll be there, and I'll do it. And that's good enough for me, John. You see, it? they shake hands. But they shake hands are not to freeze an agreement. It's that they believe in one another. Now, when you come as a beggar, poor, and you say, I have no place to sleep, and I say, well, you may sleep on my bed, I'll sleep on the floor. But I don't open the door every 20 minutes to see if you're taking my teacups. Do you understand know what I mean? <laughs> you shall love one another's brother. Now, if they take your teacups, you say, just a minute, here's a couple of candlesticks, which you might be able to use too. You see mm-hmm. And the guy feels ashamed, And it says in the Bible, which most Christians don't understand, he who steals from me steals cra- trash. Now, does anybody know what that means? It means that any material thing isn't worth. No, they don't mean it that way. They mean that if you steal ten thousand dollars from a sweet old lady, see what I mean? It means that the way you will spend it on beer and whorehouses and all, you will run your life into the ground because you don't have the sense. If you have no, if you're so callous against another human being that you can cut them, you see what I mean, and abuse them and take their money, then you can't have the real in-depth pleasures of life. You'll only have temporary flares. And after you spend that money and you're drunk, you're gonna look around and say, the fucking world is no good. You're talking about yourself. Whenever anybody leans forward and says, people are no good, they're talking about themselves. Because good and bad is a value system that comes from yourself. When you look around constantly distrusting people, constantly looking over your shoulder, then you're projecting values at people. And a real minister, he said, well, I couldn't operate my church if I didn't lock the doors. I said, don't put a sign out Christian church. Say material church protected by poison gas, electric plants around the church, and additional insurance. Just say materialistic church that tries to understand Christianity and comprised of a membership that would like to someday become Christians if they can give up their stinking materialism. Put that on the church. But don't call yourself a Christian. Or one who believes in the higher teachings. You see, well, that's the bullshit that I'm trying to talk about. Okay, so much for religion. And since we have values like that, we are corrupt. No, even if, uh, if, if, I know a lot of you can't understand this, but no matter what people look like, if your mother had a pointed head like that, shiny, very pointed, and she was wonderful, you would love her. This is the message. All right. Now, we are not sensible enough to be sane. People come to me sometimes and say, I have all kinds of problems, don't know how to figure things out. That would mean that if you knew how to figure things out, you wouldn't have any problems. Well, here's how you figure things out so you don't have any problems, and here's why you have problems. Everybody that has problems always has the same cerebral disadvantage. It's they have a set of standards in their head that the world does not recognize. Here's what that means. I plant a seed in the ground, I put the best soil there, I water it like it says in the book, and it grows up and then it falls over and dries up. And I say, that shouldn't be. What shouldn't be? That plant behaved in accordance with physical laws. Maybe it had uh, what you would call damaged genetic structure. Maybe the soil had certain types of bacteria that 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 plant could not accommodate to. Maybe it needed shade and you didn't accommodate for that need. But when the plant falls over, it is correct for the sum total of the interaction between the environment and the plant. Now, when you love a human being very much, and you do everything you can do for them and they run off with somebody else, there's nothing wrong with that human being. What is wrong is your estimation of that human being. When I figure you're so lovable and so wonderful and so trustworthy, and you really give me a master (laughs) reaming, see? It just means that your judgment regarding me is bad. Does that make sense? Now, if it were, if you said, look, I'm not going to judge anybody because I don't know them. So when they run off with your candlestick, you light it on and say, how interesting. My judgment has now improved. Now, that would mean you would never suffer. Now, everybody in this room that suffers has a fixed notion of what it ought to be. That would mean, like, like those of you that probably didn't get it the last time, I said, if I bought a brand new car, Cadillac, and uh, this has happened, the story I tell you is a true story. Well, it didn't happen to me. I was at a, a, a club, a, a social gathering in San Francisco, and we all were all sitting around talking, and having a nice time, and there was a crash outside. Terrific automobile. the And somebody there lit us and did, some poor bastard really got it. <laughs> it was his car, so it was parked <laughs> on the hill, and he forgot to put the brakes on. It. And it went down the downhill, crashed down there. And he says, oh, a poor bastard. And he went out and he looked. His car was up and he suddenly changed. He didn't say, I'm the poor bastard. Ha, ha, ha. He didn't do It's uh, so always the other person that's a poor bastard. Do you understand that? There are no poor bastards. So the next time you see a person lying in the gutter drunk, swearing, torn clothing, scars on his face, growths on the side of his face, don't say, look at that drunken bum. Say, so there but for the grace of God go I. That means for certain little circumstances that had not happened to you, which still could happen to any one of us. Here's what that means again. Your husband runs off with somebody else, you get a brain tumor, start drooling, your friends start visiting you, and bless, but you don't drool enough not to be operational. You know, you can still get in the streetcar, and somebody... Very few people come to see you, so somebody says, have a drink, you know, one of your last drinks, then you have a drink. Now you're staggering around. You can't get a job, and you're lying in the gutter, Think, and people say, look at that drunken horn, there's the drunken horn, the one with the value system, and the white hat, and the white gloves, those are the drunken horns, you understand? Because they have that value system. Drunken in the sense that they don't understand. There are no bad people, there are no good people, they're just people from different backgrounds circumstances and you don't carry a book of judgment in your hand don't do that just say I can't take part in jury duty I cannot judge any man I don't have enough knowledge to do that but even though the, even though the person selecting you says well you gotta do your duty say it's against my religion don't take part in that shit now if you see somebody lying in the gutter and you want to take them home you take on the consequences if you say emotionally I can't handle it I'm not that good a Christian just say that then you'll have no guilt Say I'm a mean, selfish son of a bitch that doesn't want anything taken from it's gone. I pretend to believe in God, but I don't quite know. Who well, no, knows? If there's no God, I still want 50,000 in the bank. And I still want that acreage, you see. So don't say you're a Christian. Say, look, I go to church because who knows, after I kick the bucket, why should I say there's no God? There might be a golden chariot waiting. This way, if I throw it out, there's nothing for me. But these people sit around thinking that God, the God they believe in, can't them think that way. There's this little guy helping out an old lady, then he looks up and he says, am I doing well? Then he gives $5,000 to the heart fund, and he's got six million. And he thinks, God says, that was very nice, George. There's a soft place for you here, Now, it's the guy that has a buck and a half that gives a buck and a quarter to the cancer fund that we are interested in, okay? So when you get to heaven, you're see a lot of people that you never expected to see. And the good people are gonna be down below saying, how do we get here? It's very simple. Yeah. Now, the whole idea of heaven and hell and good and bad and suffering comes from your own set. There's a, a very... Well, let me use crude language just to get the idea across. A very selfish, a very stingy person, the person who says, me for myself and the hell with everybody else. The whole world to that person looks like the world is out to take them. And let they turn their back to someone's going to something that, so you can imagine no matter what they accumulate, there's always this fucking, who's going to try fuck me now? So if I say, sure, go to the refrigerator and help yourself to an apple, and I see you're carrying out the whole fucking work, you know what uh-huh. Applesauce and everything else. The next time you knock at my door, I open it part of the way. Because I can't afford you. So she says, are you mad And they I said, uh-huh. Why won't you let me in the house? Because I can't afford to. I may take an apple and hand it to you, and a loaf of bread and a sandwich. I said, that's it. And I close the door. Now you're like, a fucking person with I'm not mad you. I just can't afford it. Is that all right? If you understand what I'm saying. So, in the future, don't pretend to be a Christian and put a nine locks on your door. There's one day Jesus may come. Right? So, all these locks are your insecurity. If you believe in God, no one's coming to stab you at night. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. not know that. That's why I wear an armored suit when I go through the poverty street or, in other words, because I know this, that if you go to areas like the back, the backwooded areas uh, in America, or in Turkey, or in France, the slums of England, and you walk down the street well-dressed at three in the morning, there's so many hungry people that can't afford ethics. You know what I mean? In other words, if you live, come from a good home, where there's warmth, love, understanding, and your daddy gives you $40 a week spending money on a new car when you're 18, You don't even know what it's like to be hungry. So, you may see somebody in a a negative condition. Let's assume you've had some misery. You might feel for them. But if you've never known any misery, it's hard to feel for them. Now, if you come from a miserable environment, let's say you live in Ceylon, India. Near the Ganges with the poor crawling with sores and people dying in the streets and dogs eating dead babies, all over the place, every day, ever since you've grown, you're going to light a cigar and step over a guy with sores, you know, you're not going to say, oh, my poor, dear brother, he'd die if you, had, if you were a sentimentalist in a country of misery. You understand? So a person that's brought up that way cannot feel for all of that misery, or he dies. So if you're brought up in abundance, or brought up in security, and then, take a walk in the slums at three in the morning they were brought up where they can't afford to feel now if you felt for everybody that was sick you'd crack up so the people brought up in a scarcity country don't feel as much as you do when they see babies with swollen bellies and it goes back to a magazine called life magazine on one of the covers they had a photograph this is years ago a very fat chinese woman like that and she was sitting near like 50 bags of rice and little babies with swollen bellies, sitting right in front of her, she was smoking a cigar. Because in China in the early days, that was normal. Don't take my word for it; go to the library. There were marches where people marched famine. Mm-hmm. One end of the country, and they dropped dead all over the place. They were throwing babies in the rivers. Now, this woman never got a lump in her throat over any kid, because she was brought up with that as an everyday situation. If your father were a butcher, chopping the heads off cattle every day, you know. And you'd oh, Daddy, can I have a lollipop? She's just of a minute, and chop the cup, and he go, make you a lollipop, and that'd be common to you. No feeling. But when you go through the slums, a lot of normal people don't understand how a Negro, or white trash, or a, or a Greek, or a Jew, or a Polack, or a Swede, can run a knife into a little girl and cut her open, and torment her. They don't understand that. But if you're brought up in an area where there's no room for sympathy or feelings, when you were very little you were crying and I'm hungry daddy and he went like that mm, right on the floor and your mother says
2: ah shut up what?
0: and she was drunk you've never known warmth and blood that child when they grow up they can run a knife into anybody for a half a buck because a half a buck is a hamburger sandwich and the person walking down the street is the carrier of the hamburger sandwich if you wonder why some people don't have feelings it's because this world their position in this world drove it out of them. And I'll give you, this is a true incident. There was a guy who used to go with a Frenchman. who was a great cook. His name was Andre. And we went to the West Indies. And there was a pig running around. What's the 400 pounds. And he was looking at that thing and he said, like, Oh, I can cook it so good. <laughs> the pig to him only meant the pig with the apple in his mouth and all the stuff all around. You know, in a tray. Now there are people who look like that. They see a turkey running around. And all they see is it's cooked upside down. You know what I'm <laughs> Like a cannibal sees a 400 pound person. Ah, we eat for wheat in other words, you gotta remember that when a person doesn't seem to have feelings, it's because they had the shit kicked out of them by earlier environment I can take any animal, any dog and bring it up to tear at anybody can you believe that? At least when it's young if you bring it up as a what they call a, a protective dog or a military type dog, it'll tear children or anybody and the dog doesn't get a weapon's so, pill or you can bring up a dog to help people Seen that, same door. No. If you don't understand that, I can bring up a child in an environment to stab anybody and not feel anything. Not only that, they'll cut you to pieces. And uh if if you know people that have lived or worked in a concentration camp, that's what they do. Now some of you may wonder how during the Spanish Inquisition people could have been so cruel as to put somebody on the rack. Well, they take a barb of steel like this and they'd run it into a female's vagina and turn it around. They'd rip her insides. I know it's hard for you to imagine how they do that. Now let me tell you what they did during the Spanish Inquisition in order to get people to do that. They said this, that the people that believe in, that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, those are that they will be saved. But the other people that don't know Christ, the heathens, they are possessed by evil spirits. They're possessed by devils. And they said that people that don't follow Christ are devils. In many instances, the Jews did not follow Christ, so they put them on a rack. And they figured that, they were told that when you run needles into their body, avoid the vital organs, just run needles in their body, and run crooked needles that have barbs sticking out on them and turn it into wounds. And that'll cause them to scream and cry. But those tears are not real. They're generated illusions by Satan. Isn't that fantastic? So as they scream and yell, God is testing you to see if Satan can weaken you. So when you cut them, make these wounds, pour salt in the wounds. Lots of them. Then when they say, "Ah!" Remember, that's only false. Because it's only Satan trying to bring you to feel sentimental toward that. That's how they did it. So they conditioned thousands of Spaniards to lay people out on a torture table and (coughs) cut their leg off slowly, carve it to the bone. And the longer you can stretch out the torture, the closer to the Blessed One. Isn't that interesting? Well, here the most religious men were sawing people in half, you see them, smoking a cigar, and not feeling any sentiment at all. Now, if you still don't let me say, well, how can people do that? Well, I'm gonna show you how they can do that. Take you, can I use you? We wrote a photograph of her in Miami Herald, on the front page, this is all fake. Then it shows 27 babies cut wide open, see? that she was doing it, see. The mad slayer of children. And, and we keep running this headline. We don't know where she is now. And then she did a terrible thing. She cut open a child and then cut the mother's head off and her one after the other in the headline. What do you think would happen if we turn you loose? And we kept you in the cellar. You didn't know anything about these headlines. We turn you loose and you're walking down the street. You know what happened happen? You know what happened Run from you. Run from They cut you to pieces you think so? You bet. And that while they're cutting, they say, let me get in now. You know, people, what you call normal people, you know, take a Negro, for example, that raped a child, three children, okay? Mm-hmm. And the people in the Deep South, with their value system, about Negroes, when they catch him, do you think they shoot him? They hang him up by his balls, <laughs> and they peel his skin down, you understand? All right, now, Whether it's the right guy or the wrong guy, it's what you believe about another person. Now, with a female, they don't cut as much. But with a male that doesn't look too good, they cut like hell. And I don't know about any normal person, if I run enough movies to show them, well, suppose you're in a war, you're in a war, and some Jap had cut your brother open, pulled his guts out. The next Jap you catch may be a Jap from a nice family. Not like that at all. When he catches catches that Jap, he cuts off his genitals and shoves it in his mouth. Do you know they've done things like that in the war? Because it depends on your connection with the situation. Do you think you know what I mean? So stop judging people because what they say is, not, hey, I mean, let me show you what the Japs did to this guy. The Japs have done that, but we've done that to Japs too. And when uh, the Germans did some very interesting things, when they came into a village, some woman would kill herself. No, no Nazis going to rape me. So the Nazis used to hang her up upside down in the middle of the square, naked. like they they tie her feet up and she's dead, hanging in the middle of the square, naked. And they say the next woman that commits suicide will be stripped and hung upside down in the middle of the square. And normal people say, oh. They don't understand that once you're dead there's nothing. You know, whether you're upside down or they run eight thousand nails through your head. You no, know, once you die an and I hammer an old rusty nail through your head, it doesn't matter. Whether you saw the head off or run a ram's horn up your ass and out of your mouth, once you're dead, it doesn't matter anymore. Do you understand? But this normal people would see this. Oh my God! They hang me upside down. I'd be freezing out there, naked, and everybody looking at me. And they cut the suicide. Is that interesting? By playing on the values of normal people. Normal people are sick as shit because they walk around with a value system that torments them. Now here's the real world. When you shake hands with a person. Whatever they do, say, say you meet a respectfully guy shaking, shake it, and he does this to you while he shake hands. <laughs> he says, that's terrible. Say, another pinhead. like just a guy? Say, just say another pinhead. But you don't want to get mad at anyone. If that person is that dumb, say, say you're about to get in a cab and a guy gooses you. Then he
1: didn't turn you around
0: and say, oh, that's a terrible thing to do. Say, what an interesting case. I say, well, <laughs> well, don't get mad at that. Because if you get mad at a pinhead, I wonder what you are. Because how can someone with a better cerebral quality get mad at the table? Remember I said if you visited a mental institution and some guy took his peck out and pissed on you like, say, the poor guy is sick, you know? When you get outside here, whatever people do, you say, that's a terrible hairstyle you have. Say, that's right. Don't say, no, I like it. Don't defend yourself. So whenever you deal with anybody that hurts you deliberately, if you're saner, you feel sorry for them. That's a hard way to be. You don't understand that when someone hurts you deliberately you feel sorry for them compassion right? that they must suffer so much so but the only way they can feel an equilibrium is by saying your mother ran a chain of whorehouses in the public square, even though it's true and, and and you feel terrible in church because they said that your mother ran a chain of whorehouses you say i beg your pardon Six chains of world. one friend and, and the whole congregation will laugh. If you do this, <laughs> then they'll say, Is that true? And you say, Well, no idea. They believe it's true. You understand? Did you dump a bucket of shit on a cross? No, on the Pope? No. <laughs> no. yeah. The whole idea is to, when someone tries that on you, you come back with interest. I learned that from Leonardo da Vinci in the story of his life. He was making a painting, and a priest came up to visit him. But some of his holy water and he sprinkled on the painting. And Da Vinci said, wait, it's not dry yet. He says, I'm blessing it. He he says, stop. Anyway, the guy just emptied (laughs) the water. When the the priest walked downstairs and outside Da Vinci dumped a bucket of water on the priest, he says, I'm returning it a (laughs) hundredfold. So Da Vinci was all right. (laughs) Now, to get to the real world, to become a real person and not live with a mask or manners, Take off that mask of manners and try to be real. The more you pretend, the more you have to invent and develop false excuses for, the more devices you have to use, like if I want to see somebody who didn't want to see me, I would do all kinds of things, which I know when somebody does that, I don't look at them as corrupt. I feel sorry for them, because they don't know how to be honest. And if you don't know how to be honest, the penalty is suffering and pain all ends but when you're honest that means when someone that you love rejects you that's it you accept it and you don't say why did you do it i've never done anything wrong just say is that the way you want it huh? and you go away but you don't fight back you don't say oh you goddamn dumb boy see Listen, people do that because they're sick because they don't know the meaning of love love is a stop climbing up on people and making demands on them and give them space to live and give them the opportunity to grow and try to help them grow and if they can't make it if they remain too far behind it is cruel for you to stay with them it is better for you to separate diminish the relationship because don't think that you're good if you stay with a person that can't make it if you're good natured the person climbs on your back and abuses you and they can't make it you're only perpetuating the abuse. The best thing to do is to try to help them in every way you know how. And once they become, once they begin to grow up, they can't afford to lean on you anymore. They turn away and they say, hey, there's a lot of things I can do to make life better for other people. And once they take that on, they don't have guilt anymore. And they don't have a low self-sufficiency. And they don't wonder whether anyone will love them. Because when you're lovable, when you're out in the world doing wonderful things, And you love yourself in that sense other people will love you and when they come over to put their arms around you to give you that love you say give it to someone else because they need it more than i do see because once you're successful as a human being you don't wonder whether anyone will call you anymore so many people used to call you and everybody was trying to date you that's insecure you just go on being the best person you know how to be and the rest falls in line whatever falls in line is appropriate Now, if you become the best person you are and some guy gets you in an alley and runs a knife into your ribs and takes your money away and runs away, you walk little men in pain to the nearest place you can get and seek aid. They'll say, that son of a bitch, you know, because that son of a bitch is you in another environment. That's a very hard thing to learn. Now, do you have any questions about what I'm saying? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm suggesting that you consider the other person, which we never do. When somebody hurts me, I always say that no good son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. When somebody lies to me, that son of a bitch of liars. Instead of saying, gee, I wonder what kind of environment they had come from to force them to behave in such a way. They can't even afford humanity. So, when you grow up, you stop feeling sorry for yourself, but you got to work at it. you got to work hard at it. I want you to bite your mouth. Well, it
2: sounds silly, but... Make uh... it silly. I I consider myself an atheist, but I can't. I have gone into churches, and uh, like the Unitarian Church for political reasons, because of how they feel about the war in Vietnam. And I'm going there tomorrow night, and going, you know, the Amnesty thing. I mean, I'm this.
0: You don't go to church for blessings, don't you? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I don't believe in God, oh, no. So you but I, I've been to, to the Church uh, out of curiosity because you know, just okay, to see what, what it was question, like. So It's
0: all right. I've well, I mean, you
2: kind—I felt you were kind of just putting down this uh, so completely that if you even
0: well, problem, went into the a well, the problems—the answer to your problems you... are not in church. they wherever they're. mine. Problems.
2: That's certainly not in church. This I know. I mean, there's <coughs> no question of mine. But I thought you were just putting down any affiliation. I'm whatsoever. putting down
0: any kind of behavior that deals with mainly the self that's where sickness when you say you know nobody loves me i'm 33 years old i'm not married and jennifer's got a car and a house and a yacht and her husband brings a lot of things and her husband loves her and my husband doesn't love me and all that kind of shit see this is the shit that i'm talking about that that's the investment you make. And if that's where you're at, I can guarantee suffering until the day you die. That I guarantee. If you live around and nobody loves me, I'm 33 years old, I'm not married, my husband never whispers sweet nothings into my ear. That's it. That's when you're sick. Now, if your husband isn't warm and lovable, you ought to feel sorry for him. You like your going and say, the poor guy doesn't even know what love is. Instead of saying, You know, wear low-cut gowns, they come at me saying, you know, try to appear tempting, you know. All that shit is what I'm talking about. That shit never brings gratification to you. You know what it brings? Shit. If you don't understand what I'm talking about. All the false approaches in that sense bring nothing but shit. You say, well, i got to have some kind of temporary relief. And it's no relief because it isn't real. You know, when you tell somebody to scratch your back, you got a terribly itchy mosquito bite, and there's a sheet of glass between you and the scratch. There's no relief. So, sex and loneliness, uh, where you generate moments of pleasure because you've been so sad, you pay off heavily because those moments are only very momentary, and they come to a quick end, and you land with a problem. But if you don't have a the problem, there's an end let me put it in the deal think you know what i mean when you don't have the problem in the first place you don't have to prove anything to anybody i'm a desirable woman somebody will want me or a guy says i fucked nine women this weekend you know? what's he trying to prove why doesn't he get up and says i fucked one girl in six months you know what are you trying to prove what do you have to prove to other people why are men always trying to walk around proving that they're very virile? Why are they trying to prove that they got everybody flocking to them? There's a problem there. Why do I tell you I built the Fontainebleau Hotel? What's the matter with me? Why do I have to tell you that? Because the people that are always trying to prove something in that sense are the people that live in poverty. You know, Howard Hughes doesn't work around opening his wallet, showing you a (laughs) $1,000. He doesn't do that. You know who does that? A guy that was always called a bum and never mount to anything, why you guys never get nowhere and you always be a shoe shine boy. When he makes it, he comes back to that area with his forty dollar suit <laughs> and he opens the goes, like, to these kids and see. He made it, but he has to come back every week. You understand what I mean? These people, this is the sickness I'm talking about. If only somebody could love me. Well turn around and ask yourself this question. If you were a guy, would you love you? Hell no. Because I'm not that lovable. Eh? So, stop worrying about whether people will love you. Once you have compassion for other people, and get off your fucking wheelbarrow of the self, get away from the mirror, break every fucking mirror in your home, comb your hair, take a bath, remain clean, and it's easier. For whatever affection you get then will be real. And when you go into the false way, you only drag the false end of it into the picture. It's in that sense that I think, I believe the religious men try to talk about these things in the past. Only people were too dumb to understand it. So they used heaven and hell and sin and your asshole will be set aflame if you don't live the right way. You know, they try to talk to people about relationships and about not worshipping false patterns. This is what they try to talk about. And this is what has any worth in some of the Indian and Eastern teachings that were any good try to talk about man. They try to say, get off the ego trip. Try to be real. When they said, humble yourself, it meant don't go around doing that. That's what they meant. And so it was misunderstood by the Western world. And in the Western world, they talked about money, wealth. If you are blessed, you'll have good children, a happy home. Because we don't know that... If Let's talk about religion in the old sense, in the deity sense. Let's assume that God liked this man and he gave him a wife and three kids and they were both burnt, all, all, they, they were all burnt in the fire. And John comes out and he says, well, there's so much to do in the world, I'm going to help other kids, I'm going to take them into my home, my new home, and give them a life, because there are other children, I've lost mine, I don't question why or how. And this is a real question. Now if you, uh, if you fight and turn angrily and say, why well, these are wonderful kids, why did I have to lose them? It means because in order to make this man a wonderful person, in the old sense, he may have to be put into that position in order to realize that he had it pretty good, and that he may awaken, he may come out of it a better man, not necessarily, or may come out mixed up. But sometimes, when you lose your eyesight, sometimes you learn to see for the first time in your life. In that sense, when you remember when I said that this this man was crippled in a very bad way his legs, his arms a little twisted up and uh, he said he didn't want to go out into the world and be a cripple here's what that means it means that whenever you saw a cripple you went ugh, how horrible so once that guy became a cripple he took his fucking value system with him and I said gee, whenever I met these guys I says, I can't go out looking like this I said so that's how you looked at cripples see what I mean because if you were clean and you were broken up like that you'd walk out in the and when somebody looked at you and said, oh, isn't that all? they say, no, not at all. I feel sorry for you. You see what I'm getting at? So when you, in other words, let, let's go the old movie Let's say you lost both your arms, you know, and you told your husband to go away, find somebody else, you know, make something of your life. Here's what that means. Does that mean that if your husband lost his arms, you would go away? What are you saying? What are people saying? You know what I'm telling You're going to walk a half your face is gone. And you say, go on, John, find somebody else, you see. Are you saying that if that happened to your husband, you would leave him? I would say that you never had a relationship. Do you think you know what I'm getting at? That you never had anything but a superficial connection. <coughs> Anybody don't understand that? You no, no, don't be ashamed if you don't understand it. Say, I don't understand. It. So if you are on that level, that's the package you get. That's your interest. So if you're full of shit, you get volumes of shit as interest. If you get off that trip, it's a hard thing to get off because the whole world says, you let him do that to you, I catch him by the ball my husband, I take his car and his house and his truck and everything else. <laughs> In other words, the normal world is so fucking vicious that I can understand a lot of people not having too many friends. They come to me and says, I don't have any friends. I say, how many people? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes friends are not friends. They're people other people use to cry on. Oh, my wife doesn't understand me, I'm crying She doesn't understand me at all. And she says, there, there, Jock, now I feel so good. This shit. So we don't even have friends. We use people in the sense to bitch and complain and tell them our shortcomings and things like that. And they say, there, there, here, here, where, where. You know what the problem is to grow up and make it and come into your own. But like I said before in closing, when I mail a manuscript to a publisher, he says, I'll never publish that horseshit. See, when I come back home with a manuscript, I don't feel sad. I just feel that he won't publish that. So when my wife put her arm around and says, there, there, I believe in you, I says, I do too. I don't need that shit. It's only when you're a pinhead and you write something and you're not sure and the guy throws it out. Let's say Jesus wrote some interesting things on human behavior and he sent it to a publisher. And wrote. He says, this is a crock of shit. They threw it out. You don't think Jesus is going to sit there and wait. Says, they didn't buy my manuscript. I'm a failure as a writer. He says, They don't dig it. It's not their cup of tea. And he doesn't need his friends to say, We believe in you. He says, I'm so happy you believe. you got to believe in yourself. And when somebody says, You'll I'll never make it. make it, He says, Maybe not. Maybe so. Righteous just God. But don't say, Well, I'll make it, you fucking narrow minded. Don't get angry. The whole idea is, Learning not to play in that shit game. That's why I use that terminology, so it'll stick with you. Now, since you're new here, you may wonder why I use this filthy language. I believe somebody once told me when Jesus chased the money changers out of the temple, he didn't say, you'll have to leave, boys.
1: Because
0: he threw over their tables and he he said, get the fuck out of here. You know, in the Bible says, he who pisses against the wall shall be cut off from hands. A lot of language fornication. You know all through it so i think it's in, in a sense it emphasizes things and maybe i went past some of you but if some of you know what i'm talking about if you start try to find out who the hell you are and ask yourself whether you like yourself and if you don't like yourself stop walking around amongst people saying am i all right do you like me well they're so false they'll say sure you're all right now what if you want somebody nobody likes me i'm not as attractive as i used to be my husband doesn't understand me and the guy's with us and I says, that's right, you're not worth a shit." So, so you must understand, whenever you go around to people saying, nobody understands me, why don't they love me? You want them to say, why, you're a wonderful person, and you can make it, I know you can. This is the horseshit of AA, neurotics anonymous, the church. It's when you go to church and say, I've been selfish and inconsiderate, and oh, all the ministers is there, there, no. That's right, you've been selfish and inconsiderate. What are your plans from here on out? That's what the minister should say. How would you like to be outgoing and generous? And he says, then do it, you fucking phony think And my is not. but he's not
1: managing.
0: you understand? Now, so when you say, nobody likes me anymore, she doesn't say these things. You say, tonight, as a guy. When you say, nobody likes me anymore, me, say, well, try to generate some likable characteristics. And they're like it. Is that right? Instead of there, there. So stay away from there, there. When somebody comes up to me and says, I'm nothing but a drunken bummer, I say, that's right. He said, "I thought you were going to help." me. I says, "I am." What do you want? You want to give up drinking and quit? He says, "I can't." Then you're full of shit. <laughs> now, here's the problem: he doesn't think much of himself. He feels confused, uptight, and uncertain, and doesn't know how to solve problems, and uses alcohol. That's the problem: not giving up drinking. Because when you give up drinking, you still got the same fucking value system. When you get uptight, you don't drink. You don't like that. <laughs> you <see>? I'd rather be <laughs> drank. But <laughs> so what I want a person to do is learn how to say to his wife or his friend, honey, I don't agree with you, in that area. And she says, Aah! he likes the cigars when you cool off. <laughs> so he doesn't get uptight, see? And if you don't get uptight, you don't get high blood pressure. You tend not to get ulcers. People like you more. And then the way, they fear you a little bit. Because people don't like people that say, you know, nobody likes me. That's right. must like me a little bit. I said, probably not at all. Is that what you just (laughs) said? Try it sometimes. But do it with kindness. I mean, don't do it like I do it, because I'm exaggerating. And just say, that's right. What do you want to do about it? Okay? Shall we go for coffee? Those of you that are new...